What's up, everyone? It's Ruber, one of your hosts for the Best in the World podcast. Today, we have our very own bonus episode, our very first one, and our very first interview on the podcast. I was given the privilege to talk to a young up-and-coming star, Mr. Chase Holiday. Chase has a really interesting story that includes drive, life, death, and everything in between. He's currently the MidwestTerritory.com champion, the keeper of the chain. He will be competing at GCW's The Collective this weekend, defending his title as the keeper of the chain against Sonico at Paradigm Pro Wrestling's Trap Soul. That will take place on Sunday, October 11th at 11.30 p.m. You can catch that on Fight TV as well as live if you would like to buy tickets. There's still time. And speaking of time, let's not waste any more time. Let's get to our interview with Chase Holiday. Okay, man. Um, so my first question is, uh, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, today is Monday, and it's been a good Monday so far. I've already worked out for the day, and I just finished uh, my post-workout meal. And so now I have the rest of the day to cook food and relax, which is a rare thing that I get to do. <laughs> Sounds good. What do you do in your uh, What do you do in your spare time to kind of kind of relax and stuff? Um, even in my spare time, I'm like fairly active and busy because, like, all my spare time is like either I go like I'll go to work and then I'll go to the gym and then like if I'm not doing that, then I'm at home like sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like as my spare time is me just probably just watching various videos on my phone or just like talking to talking to my friends throughout the day like nothing nothing too crazy like when i get a chance to hang out with my friends i can uh but like the most part is like i'm probably at home sleep or cooking of some sort or variation gotcha gotcha so you know it's been 2020 it's been an absolute uh an absolute crazy time uh and with covid19 uh has that affected you with your wrestling in any way um, it's, as it's, so it's a weird thing because, uh, with everything, like with wrestling slowing down, uh, this is also at the same time, the most like attention and traction that I've gotten in wrestling during this time. So like, maybe it's just because there are so few shows running and I happen to be on a couple of shows that have been running and like a lot more shows are live streaming so they can, you know, uh, that like I'm more of under a microscope than I was before when every show was running all the time. But now with COVID, so so little shows started to run, and I happened to be on the shows that like people were watching. And so now it's uh, it's been it's oddly enough been a benefit to my wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one thing that I I've definitely noticed. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm from Indiana. You're you're from the Midwest, correct? Correct. Correct. So uh, well, I'm, I live in the Midwest. I'm originally from California, but. I very much claim Indiana. Gotcha. That's that's the one thing that um, that I I've definitely seen definitely during COVID nineteen times of just uh, the Midwest specifically. Uh, Indiana has definitely gotten a a highlight from everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Like Indiana prop was not so. Indiana's always been a hot spot for wrestling, and I just don't think people really paid attention or noticed it up until they had to. And it's like all these people that are like, oh, this person's from Indiana and they're so good. And this person's from Indiana and they're so good. It's like the people that are like from Indiana and that have been in this area that people are just now recognizing, they, they've been this talented, they've been this good. But now because uh, Indiana's became the hot spot because it's one of the few places, like one of the few states that are allowing shows to run, everybody's now under like a microscope to actually watch and see these people. And meanwhile, me and my friends are like, yeah, this person's been, you know, they've been this good. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, that's just one thing. As a as a lifelong Hoosier, that feels like Indiana has gotten kind of the bad rap with with you know music tours or even wrestling tours. Just it's kind of it's kind of been pushed to the wayside. So right now, it's always just nice to see people like uh, Calvin Tankman, Levi Everett, and uh, and Bradley Prescott the fourth kind of getting you know kind of been put on more of a pedestal than before. Oh yeah, absolutely. All those guys worked hard, and Cole Radrick, All those guys have all worked all the work and so being able to see them get like more of their recognition and their praise is one of my favorite things definitely definitely 
So, Chase, let's kind of start from the beginning. Uh, tell me about growing up and what uh, what was that like for you? You said you uh, you were originally from California. Yes, so I grew up in uh, Southern California. I grew up in a town called uh, Palmdale, which is about an hour south or so from L.A. Uh, it was... It was a good time. It was it was a very like uh, average childhood per se. Like I, growing up, I played a lot of sports. Like if there was if it involved being active in some sort of way, I did it. Like I tried to play soccer. I played basketball for a couple years. I played baseball for two years. I played football for the majority of high school through college. Uh, I've also done like when I was younger. I would also. I was on like my elementary school volleyball, like class versus class volleyball team like that. Uh, I, uh, I also trained in like when I was younger, I did karate. And then I, when I got older, I did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for a little bit. And then I got into boxing at the start of last year. Uh, like in any, so that was basically me growing up is if there's any type of activity that I can get into, I did it. I even got into theater when I was in high school. So I was I was a very active child and youth. <laughs> Definitely sounds like it. Definitely sounds like it. So when did you first uh, find professional wrestling? Oh man, when I first found pro wrestling is when I was thirteen years of age. Um, so, but the thing is, it wasn't that I didn't know pro wrestling. Like I knew people. Like I knew. For the most part, I knew about The Rock. That's all. That's the only person I really like. You know, like I, if I, if you showed me Stone Cold, I'd be like, yeah, I know. Like I kind of know who that is. Like The Rock was the person that I knew, and that was because like movies and stuff like that. And like I remember my friend, uh, one of my best friends growing up, he had like the the video games for his PlayStation, and so whenever I'd go over, we would just play like that. We would just play the wrestling games, and all I cared about was like if The Rock was in the game. And if we could make our own characters, because we would just make a bunch of our favorite characters from cartoons that we watched growing up, and that like that's all I cared about. I didn't care about anything else. But it wasn't until I was 13 when I started like watching and found wrestling, uh, because I remember I was like, it was summer, and I believe it was 2008. Yeah, it was 2008 because it was the summer of John Cena versus Batista at SummerSlam, and so it was a Monday night, and there wasn't anything for like me to watch as a as a 13 year old kid like no new no new episodes of your favorite shows when you're a kid comes on on a monday everything is reserved for friday saturday sunday you know yeah and so uh i just saw a commercial it was like monday night raw and watch this guy and this guy and i was like oh i guess i'll watch that or whatever and so i watched monday night raw and i was like oh that was that was cool and of course during raw they're like tuesday night smackdown or tuesday night ecw is what it was they're like tuesday night ecw and like Matt Hardy and John Morrison and I was like you know those guys seem kind of cool like John Morrison slow-mo got me Matt Hardy was just the coolest dude on the planet at the time and so then I was like okay and I'll watch that and so I found myself watching on Tuesday and then of course during ECW on Tuesday they were like Friday Night Smackdown and this guy this guy and I was like now I gotta watch that one and so I just caught myself eventually just watching nothing but Monday Night Raw uh, ECW on Tuesday and then SmackDown on Friday, and then eventually I found TNA and started watching TNA on Thursday. So I was watching wrestling Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, every like every week. And between the days that I wasn't watching wrestling, I would go over to our computer and I would Google and YouTube like old old pay per view hype videos and promos, and just I would Google all the wrestlers, like all my favorite wrestlers, and just learn about everybody. But that's that's how I started getting into wrestling, and that's how I found wrestling gotcha i i i I find like like the this big schedule as a kid uh kind of kind of funny and interesting because you know i had the i had the same type of schedule just growing up it's like okay monday had to be this tuesday had to be this thursday friday had to be this and then i wasn't always big into tna but i always try to try to catch it when i could especially when uh when the hardys were were in tna uh back in the early to mid two thousands is that is that schedule kind of the same nowadays now that uh, now that you're older and a wrestler because I've heard from different people uh, that you know as you get older and if if you're a wrestler that 
some people still keep up that schedule just watching as much as they can. Then some people are like, yeah, I don't watch as much as I used to. I'm just uh, doing my own thing. So uh, where do you kind of fall in that? Uh, so it, it has definitely diminished over time. Like even when I was still in training, I still watched as much wrestling as I could, but because like I didn't have as much access to it because I didn't, I didn't have, like, I don't have cable. I just watch everything that I have like subscription wise. And so, uh, even when I had first got into training, all I really, I would only really watch the pay-per-views because I didn't have to be able to watch, like watch it every week. And then I would try to watch like new Japan when it, if it, if I could catch it and stuff like that. Uh, but nowadays, like I just don't really have like the time or like, I just don't have the energy to watch all like all that. And that's not even like against like me being like, Oh, wrestling is just not the same. It's just like, I just don't have the time or energy to, hunt down all these different shows like at one point i was watching just the nxt takeovers so i was like i know what the story is going on i just need to watch the takeover uh but even now like the only wrestling that i'll watch is like i'll youtube on my phone uh like an old roh match or like some old all japan and that's that's what i'll get and i'll do that like maybe once a night or something like that just like whenever i'm really feeling it but sometimes i just don't have have the energy (laughs) Yeah, yeah i get that there's just there's just so much uh, you mentioned uh, wh- while you were in training, when did you know that like this is what you wanted to do? Pro wrestling is what you wanted to do and you were going to pursue it? Uh, probably when I was 13, 13, 14. So it didn't take long. I just remember being real young and being like, like once I found it, I was like, this is what I want to do. And that's, that's literally all it took. And I just never changed my mind. It, it only, I say got worse, but like in a better sense, it only got worse from there to how much I wanted to do it. I was like, yeah, I, I like that's all I want to do. And my parents have always been supportive of me and my siblings, no matter what we do. And so they were like, that's what you want to do? Cool. And so, like, once a year, every now and then, they would ask me, like, oh, you still want to be a wrestler? And I was like, yep. And they were like, okay. Like, they, they, they would never try to change my mind or anything like that. They were like, that's what you want to do? Heck yeah, go for it. Like, you know, they were always very supportive and added fuel to the fire, so... That's great to hear. That's great to hear. How did you go about uh, pursuing it uh, with with your training? How did you like? What made you go? Okay, uh, here's here's my plan. Uh, so I wanted to go. Like, I wanted to start wrestling straight after high school. Uh, my dad did not want me to go into wrestling straight after high school. Not so much going into wrestling uh, because I wanted like after high school, I was like, I'm going to get a job and then I'm going to save up to go to a school. And then I'll go train and then whatever, whatever. Uh, but he, my dad's, uh, like, he wanted me to go to college. So he was like, if you at least go to college and get your AA, like, you know, get, get your associates, it'll be fine. And then I'll pay for whatever wrestling school, just cause he wanted me to have some kind of college experience. And I was like, okay, sure. So I went and got, uh, my associates. And during that time is when the black and the brave school had opened up. And so once it had opened up, I was like, that's where I want to go. And so I applied like a year in advance and I got into the, the May 2017 uh, summer course of Black and Brave. I was class nine and I used that whole year of just going to work and going to the gym and then spending time with my friends and family as like my farewell tour of leaving my, my home state because I was going from California to Illinois, like from the West Coast to, to the Midwest just like very, very randomly. Everybody was like, moving to Illinois? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, never, never. If you had asked young Chase, oh, where are you going to, you know, live or move to? I would have never told you I was going to move to Illinois. I would have never told you that I was like, Indiana would have been the first place I, you know, I want to go to. But here I am now, but I spent that whole year just going to the gym and uh, trying to prepare myself to be physically ready just because I knew that I knew what the class was going to be like. And so I was like, well, I just have to make sure that I'm not in horrible shape so I can keep up physically in the class. And it worked out. I mean, a year of going to the gym definitely helps out for when you start doing nine workouts a week, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you were you were, you were part of the Black and Brave uh, Wrestling Academy, like you said, which is Seth Rollins' school. Uh, what was training like when you got there? Oh, I loved it. It was... I say all the time I would absolutely go back and, like, do it again. Like, I would absolutely relive that point in time in my life. I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed uh, doing the CrossFit because I've always been a big fan of CrossFit. Like, I can't – I cannot afford to keep up doing CrossFit. 
like because CrossFit gyms and memberships are normally fairly like up there, mm-hmm. and along with other expenses, I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't pay for a, an extra hundred monthly subscription for a gym, so I'm gonna just pay for my forty dollar gym. Yeah. Uh, but having access to the CrossFit gym and then getting to learn from Seth and Merrick and uh, Matt Mayday, uh, also known as Crotch, depending on you know who you ask or you've heard of them before. Hmm. But they getting to learn from them and just uh, learning like the fundamentals and the basics and so on and so forth is was you know I I enjoyed it I loved it very much because like especially when I picked the school I was like why wouldn't I want to pick the school where this dude's done he's done everything like he's an nxt champion he was roh champion like he's currently at the time he is wwe champion and had won the united states title at the same time and so i was like why wouldn't i want to learn like from this dude who's been sitting on top of the mountain for you know x amount of time like why why would i not want to be a part of that you know and it was just it was a great experience i loved it very much so what are some really important things that you learned from that school? Um, from that school, it was definitely uh, the mindset and the work ethic. And um, one thing that I always, that I took away especially, is um, like there, there are some schools that like I know have given people their, like their gimmicks or like whatever. They're like, you should do this or you should do that. They they never did that to us. They never were like, you should do this or you should do that in terms of like, this is what your, your character, your gimmick should be and stuff like that. Or you should wrestle like this. Like they were very much like, we will teach you everything that we can teach you in terms of like your basics and stuff like that. And all the things that you should need, like should and need to know to start out as being a as a professional wrestler, everything else you get, like you will get from experience. Cause they're like, we can't teach you like how you would cut a promo or like, how we can't give you a character like it has to be something you create and like it has to be from your heart like you can't we can't give that to you because it wouldn't be you so it was very much of a you know you you'll learn as you go and with experience you'll pick up on like what you want to do and who you are and stuff like that that's one thing that i'm always thankful for and appreciative appreciative of because i know not every school uh is like that it's a very like sink or swim type of deal but i'm I enjoy those type of scenarios where it's sink or swim because, like, that's when you really find out what you're made of. So, right on, man, right on. So, I I guess I should have asked this uh, from the from the beginning. How old are you, man? I am 25 years old. 25, and how like, you've been wrestling for for three years? You said you were part of the 2017 class, so you're roughly around three years. You've been wrestling. Yes, sir. My third year had passed up in it was August 11th. Oh, congrats. Yep. Congratulations on that, man! Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So, what's been what's been wrestling like since you graduated from the Black and Brave Academy? Uh, it's been honestly, it's been real good. Uh, the past since moving to Indiana, it's obvious, it's like been better. Living in Illinois was not saying that living in Illinois and during that time my wrestling was a bad time. I definitely had various experiences that were all all good. But living in Indiana has like increased it because it's so much easier to get to where every wherever I need to be. Like the closest places that were in Illinois for me to go to were like three hours away. So it was like Chicago and uh, maybe one other place, and then Des Moines, which is in Iowa. But like living in Indiana, like there's so many other places that I could reach out to, and it makes it so much easier. And I can still go to Chicago. And, and South Bend because they're only three hours away. Like, because if they, if I wanted to go to, uh, what's, if, like, if I won, I went to Philly recently and it was a 12 hour drive from Philly to Indiana. Now, if I was still living in Iowa or Illinois, like, that's 12 hours to get to Indiana. And then from Indiana back home would be another six hours. So it's like, why, like, why would I want to add? that extra time like going to Tennessee now for me is super easy but like when I was living in Illinois Iowa it was such a rarity because like well we have to plan for a double digit trip you know but and we have to go through two two different time zones now it's like oh I have to go through one time zone and it's like it's only a six hour drive to Tennessee now so uh but it's living in Indiana has definitely 
allowed me to get to more places more often and more frequent and get me, you know, to see and meet more people. And it's been super helpful just because it's literally the, the middle of the Midwest. So I can branch out to various places. That's great, man. That's great. So you're part of a group called the Lost Boys, correct? Yes, sir. Tell me about the Lost Boys. I've I've met I've met uh, the Adam Slade and and Bradley Prescott the fourth, uh, but you know you're you're also a part of the Lost Boys as well. Tell me tell me about the Lost Boys. Yes, yeah, so the Lost Boys consists of uh, four of us. It is how you had mentioned Adam Slade, Bradley Prescott, myself, and the Hoodfoot Mo Atlas. Uh, we have various ways of describing it. Uh, probably one of my favorites is probably from Hoodfoot, who says we're just a gang of misfit toys. Like the Island of Misfit Toys that have come together, like we're all, we've all, uh, Indiana definitely has taken us in. And like we, we've essentially made it a home, even though, uh, Bradley is now currently based in, like he's based in Georgia, but like he's from Indiana. And, uh, just like the four of us are, we're just all real good friends. We love having a good time. We love being around each other. Like we love supporting each other and we, grew up and been in the cars together, especially like a lot last year. And so just like the closer we got and the more stuff that we started doing together, it was just like, we eventually became this little group. And it was like, just like, it was kind of just like a group chat or just us, like whatever we got together. And then eventually it evolved into more. And so now like the, the world or the wrestling world knows and is finding out who exactly the lost boys are. That's really cool to hear, man. That's really cool to hear. So, who's been an integral part of your wrestling career? Like, someone who's been a big inspiration to you or someone that just drives you to do your best? Um, there's a handful of people. That's, uh, like, there, it's, so, it's so hard to pinpoint exactly who has, like, been super beneficial because in some sort of in some form of way, everybody that has ever like I've come in contact with has always been helpful and help uh, like make sure that I'm on the right path and guide me. Like I, I'm sure there are people that have helped me that don't know they have helped me in some sort of way, but they have. Like just all all my friends, I'm just surrounded by a lot of you know motivated and and hungry people that allow me to you know compete not with because I I compete with myself as is, and competing with other people only drives me to, to do more. So even, you know, friendly competition with my friends and seeing them get, uh, you know, go after what they want and stuff like that and getting their, all the praise that they should get makes, you know, drives me to to do better and, and, you know, get the same and to be on that level with them. So just the, the group and the people that I surround myself with is all, is who I can attribute to all this. That's great, man. That's great. You're you're really wholesome. You know that. That's one thing that I'm really taking out of this interview. <laughs> you're a wholesome guy. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, no problem. No problem. Uh, one thing that I uh, that I have I've learned through a uh, through I guess a mutual friend of ours, uh, Percy Davis, is that you you're part of a, a a YouTube channel, correct? Called the Glitch Buddies. That is correct. I am part of the Glitch Buddies. If you watch Glitch Buddies, you will find out uh, the very unwholesome side. (laughs) (laughs) Me being rageful for X amount of time while we're recording. (laughs) So... uh, You know, there's uh, one thing that we've we've uh, that me and my friends have noticed uh, in the past couple in the past few years uh, of us being fans of wrestling that a lot of uh, professional wrestlers have come out have been a big big gamers. I mean, with the with the popularity of Up Up Down Down, uh, a lot of other professional wrestlers have started their own gaming YouTube channels and, and Twitch streams. So, how long have you been playing video games? Uh. So funny thing is I've never been a super big video game guy. Uh, like I played games when I was younger, like when the Xbox first came out and stuff like that. Like my very first game system was a GameCube. Nice. And then I got, and then I got a, a, a Game Boy Advance SP and then like a DS and stuff like that. And then eventually I got the, I've been an Xbox guy for forever. Uh, but like I would play just because like in high school, like, that's all my friends. Like that's how we would play because we didn't have any. Like not that we didn't have anywhere to go, but like we kind of didn't have anywhere to go. We couldn't go to each other's house every weekend, and so we would just like get on Xbox on the weekend and you know 
get our headsets and we would just play Call of Duty or play whatever and so on and so forth. And I grew up with two younger brothers, and so we all had other systems. Like, we had a Wii. Uh, my brother got his own Xbox at one point, and we still we still had the GameCube, so we were just playing all types of games over the weekend. Um it was, and then even in college, I didn't like play as much with my friends. I just kind of played Madden the whole time because that's all I wanted to do was play Madden, and uh, just because I was playing football at the time, and so I was just I would in overindulge myself. I would go to practice, come home, do whatever homework, and then whenever I had free time, I would just play Madden just because. Uh, and then I stopped playing games for a real long time, mainly when I moved out and started training because I didn't have any time. Uh, but my my good friend and roommate uh the glitch kai faden he's a he's a gamer and he had this channel before and then once everything started like uh once covid started and i came back he was like yeah i'm thinking about starting my channel again uh and i was like oh that's cool man so i was like well uh i can't remember if he asked or if i offered it could have been either or uh where it was just like me coming on because I was like, I probably joked about something. I was like, yeah, I just want to come on and do commentary and or and or play games that I have never played before just so you guys can hear me react the whole time and just watch me be terrible at all these games that you grew up on. Uh, and then eventually we came, uh, we came up with the idea of doing a verse, like a fighting game series. So I was like, oh yeah, fighting games are super easy for me. Like I've played those plenty growing up. And so then we decided to do the on-site series on Glitch Buddies, which where I host us playing some form of fighting game and just us raging at each other for whatever on minutes that we're on there. <laughs> so, so is there like a favorite video, uh, favorite type of video game that you play? Like you said, you like uh, you played a lot of Madden and you know fighting games. Is there like a specific genre that that you are just like like that's the type the type of game that I like to play? Man. Probably not a specific, you know, if I, Madden's not a genre, but I love, I do love playing Madden when I get the chance. Uh, I do enjoy also my fighting games and third-person shooters. Like, I grew growing up, I was very much Halo, Gears of War, Army of Two, Call of Duty. Like, those, those are my games growing up, especially Army of Two. That was one of my favorites. Right on. So to get back to wrestling, um, one thing that kind of confused me uh, whenever, because uh, for for a little bit, you recently died, correct? How did that happen? How I oh, how did I die? Yeah, how'd you die? Uh, that was all to the fault of uh, Tiger Style Lee Moriarty giving me a one inch punch. Ah, and and stopping my heart. Yeah, we uh, at that point in time, me and we were the Lost Boys were looking for a mascot. And at the time, I was telling Hoodfoot, I was like, Lee Moriarty's tiger style. He's a tiger. He could be the mascot for the Lost Boys. And so I was like, let's go ask him. And he's like, hey, man, I don't think that's how that works. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm sure it'll be fine. And Lee didn't take too kindly to it and gave me a one-inch punch for the troubles. And sometime later, my uh, my heart stopped and I was dead. <laughs> Is there is there is there footage of this that 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 we that people can go go out and try and find because that just sounds like a I mean I've talked I interviewed Lee uh Lee uh, like a week ago and that's just one thing that I was like and I was I noticed in your in your promo package on your Twitter that that Lee kind of played into that I was like I was like hang on there needs to be some correlation here how did how did uh how did Chase die because I was also at Pawcade yeah. and I remember Bradley after you after you came back to life, like you were like, I thought he was dead, and I was like, like okay, how did he die? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. If you go through the the Lost Boys uh, Twitter, uh, it shouldn't be too hard to find because we have they have a, a bunch of uh, promos on there that we've done of just like us filming stuff. But there's a the series of me of me looking for the mascot is on the Lost Boys Twitter, and it's at the Lost Boys zero zero four. Uh, but it it is on there of when Lee gave me the one inch punch and what led to it. So, all right. So, what brought you back to life? Is it the powers of the dead? Is it was it Doctor Nephilim Magnanimous? Was it necromancy from witches? What kind of what brought you back? <laughs> um. So the best way that I could describe it is uh, well, there's probably two ways I could really describe it. 
Um, but I'll use probably a more well-known version versus the version that I'd like to use. Uh, <laughs> there's so in Dragon Ball Z, how they have Snake Way. Yeah. That's that's basically what it was. My soul had left my body. I found myself on a long path, and I was like, "This is how I get back. This is how I get back to Earth, and this is how you know I get back to my body, and I come back to life." And that's what I did. I took took me six months <laughs> <laughs> to get all the way back. That's pretty fat. How long did it take Goku to get all the way? Because it took him. Did it take him like a year or something to get? It's. I, I, it pro- it could have taken him a year, and that man was flying. But oh yeah, yeah, I forgot at he was one, flying. <laughs> but at one point, I was like, maybe if I just jump down and get straight to it, it'll work. But nah, hell's man, down there, man. That, hell's down there. Yeah, <laughs> it was very tempting. <laughs> I've, I've seen both. I've seen both heaven and hell at that point. They're like, all right, like I, we're gonna give you a chance. You know, take basically take this road, and you can you can get back to your, you know, your body if you really want to. And I was like, yeah, man, I got to get Lee back for killing me. And so I just started going. Rad, rad. So you, you've come back from the dead. You said you wanted to get Lee back uh, for killing you. Have, do you have a new edge to you? I've, I've noticed uh, one thing uh, about you recently with recent promo pictures. You have this big, big lion mask uh, that you wear. Do you have a new, a new edge to you? Yes, 100%. So uh, I can credit Lee for killing me because it has been, you know, it was beneficial because, I mean, when you take an essentially snake way to get back to your body, you have a lot of time to think. you got <laughs> six months to think about a lot of things. And, like, before I was, you know, I was young Simba, and basically Simba grew up and he became the Beast King is what, what people are seeing now is, uh, you know, a lot of people on, you know, independent wrestling and just, like, in indie wrestling in general, everybody is always saying how they, they would die for this and they, you know, you're going to have to kill me if you want to win and like all this other stuff. And it's just like, yeah, man, uh, being dead is like such a, it's so overrated. All right. <laughs> like it just like in general, like every, everybody says the same thing. It was like, you know, you're going to have to, like I said, you're going to have to kill me for this or, you know, I'm not stopping until I'm dead. And it's like, that's that's too easy like being alive is like the real difficult thing like being alive is hard that's why so many people struggle with it you know be saying you're gonna have to kill me for that that just makes it too easy so like and after myself being dead it's like i don't want to be dead anymore like i want to i want to be alive i want to feel something so now i go into my matches and i'm like i need this when you stand across the ring from me like my goal is to is to feel something and it's to is to make you feel something when we wrestle like I don't want to put you down and kill you. That's again, that's too easy. It takes a lot more out of you to be alive than it would to be dead. Like there's no victory in that. You know, I want you to, to feel things. And so that's the new edge is, is that is the, the intensity is like, I'm going to make you feel all the things that I've, I've felt. And you're going to like, you're going to know what it means to be alive. Like that's the goal. That's heavy. That That's heavy. <laughs> so, you recently won a match uh, to become the MidwestTerritory.com champion. Uh, what was that like yes, for sir. you? Uh, so that was, honestly, it was a great, like, welcome back. And it was a great experience for myself uh, personally, um, just because being at, being in the atmosphere and being able to wrestle in a place that, you know, I feel adopted and has taken me in in Indiana had really added to it. So I like I came back and I got to come back to uh Paradigm as well, who have they've been super good to me and always taking care of me and we've been friends for uh ever, basically ever since I started wrestling. So they've got to see me grow into who I am now and being a part of that has just been was great and being able to be the first keeper of the chain and become the Midwest Territory.com champion uh, and to shed the skin of what, you know, what was Chase Holiday in the past before death to Chase after death was such a, a great feeling, which is essentially what the unmasking was because it was me, you know, the taking off the mask mid-match was the revealment of this is the new Chase, you know, and being able to cap that off by being the first keeper of the chain was just 
the chef's kiss. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Be being there live and 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 filming it for for your unmasking and for the, for the new Chase Holiday and showing that intensity. One one thing that I'll I'll probably never forget is that clothesline you gave Lord Crew, and he just he he just you turn him inside out and he just lands like head neck first right on like a broken ladder and it's just so sick to see. And that's just like like you said, Chef's kiss, Chef's kiss. Yeah, yeah. Sucks sucks to be him, but you know. One of the things was you got to take a life if you want to regain your life too. So I got back down to earth and I said I got to take a life. Are you just in the wrong place at the wrong time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So you've take you've been the keeper of the chain all across the country. You you've taken on the lights of of Cold Radrick and and Lee Moriarty uh, for the chain. You've been to Philadelphia, uh, correct for the chain, Philadelphia. Yes, correct. So how have those matches? I, I wrestled Xavier Faraday. Gotcha. How how have those matches been for you? They've been they have been for me they've been great. I've enjoyed being able to show more people and expose more of like what I have been capable of and have just now like like this this version of Chase has always been there inside of me, but through many obstacles it took a while to unlock and get to where I am now. And so now this is like me in stride. Like, this is just the start, and, like, this is on top of the fact that, you know, I've been given the opportunity and granted the opportunity to, again, be the first keeper of the chain. Like, if you're going to be the first of anything, you got to make it mean something, and that's just, like, for anything. I, if I win the title anywhere, you know, my goal is to always, in the, you know, I'm going to take it where I can, I'm going to defend it when I can. You know, because if you're if I'm granted with that opportunity, I'm gonna let people know, like, hey, this is what we're like, this is what I'm about. You know, I'm you can trust me with anything and this is like I will do my best to hit a home run every single time. You know. So being able to be the first keeper of the chain, what better way to make it mean something but than taking it around the world wherever I go and defending it against whoever, wherever. Like it's the same as like when you see people see Warhorse defending the, you know, the independent wrestling title everywhere. Like, he's now known for how long he's had it and how many defenses he's had. And so that's essentially what I'm aiming and trying to do with the chain. And I would do with similar to any other title, but especially now with the chain, just because, again, it is the first one. So I want this first run to last as long as I can make it last and to mean as much as I can. And I already have people talking about, I want, I want a shot at the chain. I want to, you know, wrestle chase and I want to do this and I want to do that, which is the most that I've ever been talked about in that sort of aspect is not only do people just want to wrestle me, but they also, they also want to wrestle for this chain that they're seeing now. And it's like, I have a target on my back, which is a target that I personally placed on my back. Like I could have taken the chain and just defended it at the promotion paradigm and that's it. But I, I was like, no, I'm going to take this and I'll defend it everywhere. Cause I defended it. Like you said, in Philadelphia, I defended it recently at Paradigm. Uh, I defended it at New Wave uh, last month, and I will defend it anytime I get the chance to. So, yeah. Speak. Speaking of defending it, you're going to be at GCW's Collective this coming weekend, uh, defending the chain against Sonico. I hope that I'm pronouncing that right. Sonico. 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 Yeah. At, Sonico. You're going to be defending it against Sonico at Paradigm Pro Wrestling's Trap Soul. Are you ready for this match? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I am 100% ready. Uh, but that doesn't mean I can't be any more ready. Like, I can say I'm 100% now, but every day I strive to improve and, and better my game and better myself physically, mentally, uh, to continue to go forward and to make sure that I am fully capable to defend uh, my chain and put on just a clinic <laughs> as best as I can. Like this is, this is not just a, a wrestling match. This is on a platform where even if we have the last spot on the card, you know, so the chips are against us and like it's at basically midnight. So, and I'm always swinging for the fences anyway, but I'm swinging for the fences and hoping to break my bat this time because I, this is the chance to put people on notice like chips against us. That's, that's how I want it. I want people to, to be like, to, you know, I wouldn't, I couldn't have asked for a better spot to show why people should be paying attention, yeah. you know? 
And so being able to wrestle Sonico, who has been to Japan, he's real, like, he's a real talented dude. And it's going to, it's going to be, I don't make, like, I hope none of that made it sound like I was overlooking or anything towards him. But brother's real. He's been to Japan. He's real good. He's real well known over on the West Coast. He's been over to the Midwest before and he's had some matches. Uh, So this is also an opportunity for him, not only to, try to snatch my chain and take it over to the West coast, but for people, more people to see him and see who he is, but it's a dead man's fight. Uh, me versus the Lucha ghoul. And you know, that like, that's, that's it. It's a fight. This isn't going to be, this isn't going to be easy. It's not going to be pretty. Like it's going to be down and dirty. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Will you be at any other events during, uh, during the collective at all? Uh, I'm currently not booked for any other events. I plan on being in the area and, you know, seeing my friends who are coming from all around and just hanging out wherever I can. Uh, but you can watch, you can see me wrestle at Trap Soul. If you just want to see me in general, I'm sure you can find me somewhere at the collective. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start wrapping up here, but I do want to ask some, some, uh, some closing questions that I always try to ask, uh, anybody that I interview, if you could wrestle anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, do I just have to have one answer? Or can I have like a list? You can have a list. Go ahead. I don't care. Okay. Eddie Kingston, ACH, uh, Shingo Takagi, uh, Freddie Aha is on my list. Um, I think I'm going to keep it there for now. Chris Dickinson's on my list. All right. All right. Chris Dickinson's a big dude. I ran, in, I ran into oh, him. Nigel <laughs> McGuinness. Nigel well, McGuinness and Pete Dunn. I'll be also add. <laughs> Nigel McGuinness and Pete Dunn. I'd like to see the yeah. matches. I'd like to. Yeah. I'm, I, I could keep going, honestly, but I was like, let me try to cap it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, one thing that I, uh, that I also would really like to know, what's been the best match you ever had? And what kind of made it the best? Oh, best match I've ever had? Mm, that's hard. I mean, if you want to take your time, feel free. I mean, the one thing about the Best in the World podcast that, that I do is I try to take, you know, uh, somebody's best match, whether whether the wrestler says it themselves or if it's just fan opinion, wrestling journal- journalist opinion, and just, you know, I want, I want to know. I want to see the best matches out there, and I want to know the best match that Chase Holiday has to offer. Or how- um, I feel like I feel like my best match has yet to come. Okay. Not saying that I haven't had like a handful of like matches that I'm like really you know I'm really proud of. Uh, I will say two of my favorite matches were pro- have probably been uh, they were two. One was like an elimination scramble uh, at a place that I no longer partake in, mm-hmm. and another was a gauntlet also at a place I no longer partake in, uh, which was like the last match I I had wrestled before dying. Uh, but they were both at a place called WCWO and one of them was like an elimination scramble and uh, came down to the last two between me and Sean Kemp, who is also one of my favorite wrestlers and just a real good friend of mine. And just uh, after everybody got eliminated, it was just me and him. And I've yet to have an actual singles match with him. So I don't count this as a singles match, but that was the closest that I got to having uh, a one-on-one with Sean. I'm hoping that down the line that can eventually be fixed and I can just have, a straight up singles match with them. Uh, and then my gauntlet matches where I, before I died, I wrestled uh, three or four people before I got to the last person in my gauntlet, which was between me and a uh, straight brazy Braden Lee. And that is also one of my favorite, uh, even after getting, you know, beat up in the crap kicked out of me for the entire gauntlet, uh, he was he was the one that came out and I was like, all right, this is this is going to be it, and I'm hoping that we can eventually run that back when I'm 100 percent healthy. I still came out on top, but if I could run that match back with him without being uh, having to go through four other people, that would also be top notch. <laughs> yeah, I Braden Braden's great, Sean's great. I'd love to see those matches as well. So. I, I guess I mean we we've brought, we've we've had this question before, but I guess I'll ask it again, kind of fresh. What is it about professional wrestling that you love At, now as a professional wrestler? What is what is your favorite thing, or what is just something about professional wrestling that just makes you just love it? 
it's the art in the various ways that can be like expressed. Like I just love good wrestling, like comedy wrestling, shoot wrestling, you know, high flying. If it's done right and it's done well, like I love it. Like absolutely. Just the whole, the way everybody could express themselves and their art and just what it's, you know, just done right is one of my favorite things. Along with that, like growing up, I grew up on a lot of like uh, comics and anime and superheroes and stuff like that. And young Chase is just losing his mind because he's like, this is the closest you'll ever be to, you know, being a, a real life like hero of some sort or, or like watching all those, all the big cartoon and anime fights growing up is like, this is the closest we'll ever get to this. And this is so cool. Uh, but those two things, definitely. <laughs> Right on, right on. Do you, what are your overall goals with pro wrestling? Is it to head to Japan? Are you wanting to head to Mexico? Is there a big company that you're just aiming for? Uh, what's your What's your big goal? You had asked me uh, at the start and years ago before I got into wrestling, I would have told you I'm it's WWE uh, mm-hmm. to get signed. Which, uh, like, at, part of me is obviously that's still eventually. Like, if they were to offer me, I'm not going to say no. Uh, but like, what I want to do is I want to go to Japan. Like, I would love to get the opportunity to go to Japan. I just want to be able to wrestle and, you know, make money. Not in, like, a, I just want to make money. That's all I care about. But to, like, you know, be be good on wrestling and, you know, just live the dream through that. But I definitely would love to go to Japan. I definitely want to keep creating this art for as long as I can and as long as I'm allowed. Uh, I think that's it, though. All right. If you could change one thing about the pro wrestling industry, what would it be and why? Um, if, if anything. Anything. Uh, dang, that's crazy. There's a lot that should be changed. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that, I mean, that's kind of why I asked. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of controversy, especially with this past summer, um, with uh, with the speaking out movement and things that are going out outside of the professional wrestling industry. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to ask you, what are, what are some things if there, if there is anything that you would like to see changed, what would it, what would it be? I wish people were more understanding and acceptable to, to change. Like, I think that's the major issue and just that, and along with people just understanding that how to be a good person, like in general, overall, because, like, I don't, I also grew up on the fact that, like, you know, it's the, we're told as kids that it's the golden rule. Don't, you know, treat everybody the way you want to be treated. But, like, for whatever reason, people, I don't see how people just decide to throw that out the window and they treat people real shittily for, yeah. like, what a, sorry for cussing, but. Oh, hey, no, 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 no. Say whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. I, <laughs> I meant to tell you, I meant to tell you beforehand. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is off the rails. Say whatever the fuck you want. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think, I, yeah, people can just be real, just, you know, shitty for like, for no reason. I don't know why, why people feel high and mighty sometimes or whatever, or why they think they're better than somebody and like why they feel like they have to like put people down because they're new to the business. Like just treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Like I understand it's different that like you and somebody else don't like each other for like personal reasons. Then it's like, I can't make you like that person. But in general, like when you meet somebody like, treat somebody the way you would want to be treated and just, you know, be more open to change. Like so many people are so closed minded about, well, it has to be this way. It has to be that way. It's like wrestling is an art form and it is expressive. You know, it's, it's opinionated and it's expressive. Like it's one thing if you're trying to give somebody critiques and you're like, Hey, I think you should do this because it'll make it better than it is like, well, you shouldn't do that because it was shitty and that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, just be more open to change and like stop trying to fight everything. Like the way, the way I see everything, especially about life is like, it's one big life is if life were the ocean, you can, you can't fight, you know, the currents forever. You just have to sit there and let it go. Like you can't, you can't fight the ocean. Cause you'll either drown, like you'll just drown, you know, you just have to go with the flow and let everything happen. So just be more accepting to change and learn how to treat people that you would want yourself and, people close to you to be treated like that's all that's the that's probably my main thing off the top of my head hey that's great that's great uh one one of my final questions is what advice would you give to someone aspiring to get into the pro wrestling industry 
I would, I would 100% tell if you, if it is something that you are 100% ready and willing to do, and you are absolutely committed, and you're aware of the, the sacrifices that you're going to make, then 100% get into it. Uh, if when the they say when the lows are low the, and the highs are high, they absolutely mean it. Like it's not once you get into it, it's not everything that you probably imagine it's going to be. So be ready for the worst of it, but also be ready for the best of it. Because pro wrestling doesn't owe us anything, and it's the most uh, it's the most abusive relationship you are ever going to get in. Because pro wrestling does not love you, but we love pro wrestling. Like it doesn't owe us anything. It you know you have to no matter what you do, no matter how much hard work you put in, it can eventually either pay off or never pay off at all. So if you're ready for something like that and you don't care like what the consequences are, 100% get into it and do it with your full heart. Do it with nothing but love in your heart. Um, you know, shoot high as, as much as high as you want and, you know, do what, do what makes you happy. Cause if you are not doing what you love as an individual, then what are you really doing with your life? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, I think, I think that's absolutely great to hear. Um, you're, you're, you're whole, you're a wholesome guy. You're very poetic with what you say. I love to hear it. So, uh, that's, a. Uh, that's about near the end of the interview. So here's your chance uh, to to plug your shit, say whatever whatever you want to put out there. Here's your chance. The floor is yours. Awesome. All right, everybody, go ahead and follow me on my social medias, which is really just Instagram and Twitter. I used to have a Facebook. I'm not actually like I'm not active on there uh, at all, honestly. Uh, so Instagram uh, and Twitter, you can definitely interact with me the most on Twitter. Uh, but the, the ads are both the same where it is chase holiday X and holiday is with two L's. So it's H O L L I D A Y. And then X. Uh, so chase holiday X on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can catch me pretty much on every paradigm show coming up, especially this upcoming weekend on October 11th, uh, where we are presenting trap soul. It is at 11.30 p.m., I believe, is when our start time is. I will be wrestling one-on-one uh, against Sonico for my MidwesternTerritory.com chain. Also, if you want to just watch me play games with my friends, you can go onto YouTube and find the Glitch Buddies and hit the like, subscribe, and a little bell notification if you would like to as well. Uh, and I believe those are all the platforms you can catch me on. I try to not be a super difficult or hard man to find. Uh, but, yeah. Hey, thanks, Chase. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot. No problem. Thank you, Zach. Thanks again to Chase for coming on to the podcast. It was a whole lot of fun, and I would love to have him on again to talk more wrestling, video games, and just just more, more stuff to talk about. Make sure you check out Chase on Paradigm Pro Wrestling's Trap Soul. Again, it takes place on Sunday, October 11th at 1130 p.m. You can catch that on Fight TV as well as live if you would like to buy tickets. Make sure you follow Chase on social media at Chase Holiday X. That's with two L's. Holiday with two L's. And make sure you follow the Best in the World podcast. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash best in the world pod. And we're on Twitter at BITW pod. Thanks a lot. We have more content coming for you coming out later this week.